Spoiler alert, we spoil movies in this show. Specifically, we talk about Legion, at least the first three episodes, and then we go on to talk about a lot of X-Men films. We kind of spoil Watchmen. Yes. Um, we spoil Congo and Deep Blue Sea. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, so specifically those ones, Legion and X-Men films, you haven't seen them, go watch them, take a break, and then come back and watch the show. You've been warned. Yeah. Okay, so after spending years just beating up Magneto in the comic books, if you remember, the X-Men, they finally made it to the big screen around 2000, which was a long time ago. Back then, the superhero genre really wasn't the box office slam dunk it is now, which meant that Hollywood wasn't really taking any chances with it. They were, they were being safe. Back then, the X-Men went live action, and their day-glow spandex had been traded in for black pleather jumpsuits. You, you kind of almost got the idea that everyone involved was a little embarrassed to be there. In fact, some of them even said that they were embarrassed a little bit. Uh, but that was nearly 20 years ago. Now, audiences, and not just nerds either, but you know, normal people who don't buy comics, they know what to expect when they buy their tickets for those kind of movies. Um, some even say they're getting kind of bored with it. But since the genre has become so prevalent, we're kind of finally seeing studios take bigger chances with their superhero properties. Deadpool, Logan, and now thanks to the, the good folks at FX, we finally got that batshit crazy show, Legion. Um, guys, this show is so, so fucking weird, and I am so in love with it. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Enjoy the Show. This episode is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. I'm John, and I'm joined with... Gus. And... Tyler. You guys excited to talk about movies? Yeah! yeah. Well, we're going to talk about TV we're, shows we're, instead. We're, we're, oh, what? <laughs> um, so, today we're talking about Legion. Mm -hmm. It's the new show on FX. Uh, we're taping this on a Thursday, and the fourth episode just came out last night. Gus, you've seen that episode. Yes. Tyler and I have only seen the first yeah. three episodes. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot which is why I wanted to make an entire episode about it. Um, part of what's great about it is, and we'll talk about this more in depth, is that it's an adaptation of a comic book character and a comic book property, but really doesn't just scream that it's, a, that it's an adaptation or like it doesn't scream that it's um, just a copy of the comic. Um, I'm sure, and in fact, most people don't even realize it's based on an actual... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't really follow comics, and yeah. I had no yeah. idea. Like, the only reason I thought maybe is because there's an X in the O in Legion. I was like, oh, is this like an X-Men thing? So I looked it up, I was yeah. like, oh, I guess it's related. But yeah, in the show, no connection, no mention. There, there's like little subtle things, I think, that like maybe mention like the X-Men. You know, like uh, that one yellow room, they're in that therapy room, like yeah. there's an X in the window. Mm. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's... That's uh, really a nod They to even it. say the word yeah. mutant, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. which is a, a word that's most often used in the X-Men world. Um, the complexity that we're kind of talking about in the intro, like, you know, taking a chance. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the reasons this show is going to be successful and people like it, is because with most of the X-Men movies, you know the bad guy in the first few seconds of the film. Yeah. You pretty much know how it's going to end, and people are kind of getting tired of that. And like you said, they're taking chances yeah. by doing shows like this. And this one... You know, we were kind of talking about this earlier. Gus, you said that one of the things you liked about it is like the non-linear storylines. Mm -hmm. Like you don't really know what's going on. It's very much like Mr. Robot in that. It's and I love that ride of like, I'm not even trying to figure it out. I just want to sit back and I just want to like really just watch it. Yeah, it's super crazy non-linear. Like it's telling the story in a non-linear fashion. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people observing mm -hmm. the non-linear story in a non-linear yeah. fashion. Well, they'll, yeah, there'll be not only just 
different timelines being told in an episode, but there'd be different timelines in the same scene. Right. Um, and like intercut and overlaid yeah. over each other. And there's there's different aspect ratios too. Like sometimes it's it's widescreen, it's that cin- cinematic, and then sometimes you're looking through like a television set. Mm-hmm. Like it's really cool. And I don't know what it means. I don't really care. But it, like uh, it has flashes of uh, like almost like a little bit of Kubrick. Like, you mm-hmm. know, setting up the, the lighting, the way it goes, like, it's, it's like Space Odyssey. So, like, it's all my favorite things, and I'm loving it. You know who, actually, it's reminded me a little bit of the style? Um, and the, the showrunner is Noah Hawley, who also did the Fargo TV series on FX. Um, but uh, it's very Wes Anderson in some instances, where... The colors. Yeah, the colors, I can totally see that. Um, so even that good. aspect ratio you talked about, he did that in um, Bu- uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, mm-hmm. where he had different aspect ratios in the film. Um, Did it in Life Aquatic. Yeah. yeah. Um, randomness showing up as part of, I think, Wes Anderson's like um, flavor. Um, so, yeah, it could feel like uh, Noah and his team are pulling from a lot of people to make yeah. a very uh, eclectic show. I will say, I, I, I felt like it's been kind of a slow burn and kind of a slow start. I think the, the pilot was an hour and a half long. Yeah. And yeah. I felt like that one probably could have been tightened up a bit. I thought, mm. you know, it was a little long in the tooth as far as exposition goes. But uh, with the fourth episode, I feel like we're finally starting to get some payoff. I know you haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, we're, we're getting, there's a good build between the first three and you're starting to see a little more payoff now. How many, it's, is it eight episodes? Is that it? I, I would imagine I it's a short, short season, yeah. That makes me sad. I wanted to go on. No, but that's good. I, I like that. I think that's one of the things I love the most about like Stranger Things is that it was so short and that it just leaves you wanting more yeah. the adventure to continue. I, I feel that. like this one will do it as well. Like, do you want to predict stuff? Like, I'm curious about the relationship between Sid and David. Like, I feel like <clears throat> like one of two things, like she's gonna die and then transfer over to somebody else. Or like I, I or like I, I don't really know what's gonna happen to her. Like and I love that. Or maybe like the payoff for them like actually kissing and loving each other yeah. is gonna be far down the road or I don't know. Do you well, think we get kiss. that payoff? Well I know they already kissed, yeah, but, but I'm now saying they know the consequences. Yeah. They they know know the, I'm saying like if David can control his power, I think that we're gonna see that where he's able to control it and they are able to kiss and she doesn't transfer over. Yeah, I think that's actually a really interesting skill with when filmmakers can do a sequence kinda like when they kissed in the first episode, where Something happens in the show that just goes insane, and you're you literally leave the audience just not knowing what the hell's going on, and then you just kind of start laying out layers of explanation over the course of like the like the next few scenes that you start understanding what's happening, and it's it there's there's not an immediate reveal of like what exactly occurred, but then the payoff at the end is like oh they swap bodies, David has powers that she wasn't able to control, which then resulted in things like walls being built and people being teleported halfway through walls and that kind of thing. I think the um, the way that they handle David having powers and not knowing it and thinking that he has mental problems was really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, that he's he thinks he's schizophrenic because he hears all these voices, but you realize, it's oh, he's just telepathic and he just hears everyone's thoughts. Yeah. Like, the voices aren't in his head. The voices are everyone around him. We'll see if that's actually true as well. Yeah. We'll see. Well, there were... Yeah. I'm... See, so... <laughs> The um, I come from the perspective. We got a few people, a few ways of watching this, and I'm from the perspective of someone who reads the comics mm-hmm. and can take. It's kind of like watching Game of Thrones and and knowing what's coming ahead a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of be able to do that. Same with like Walking Dead. But so I'm starting to see things of them revealing, pulling more stuff from the comic, and I can kind of tell where they're going to go. But I don't want to ruin it for people mm. um, and tell you like, nope, it's a little. It might be this. It might not be what you think. So there's, a, and kind of to your point, Gus, about how they reveal his powers. Like for me, knowing it was kind of about X Men, 
Um, I thought he's, I'm like, I don't want this guy to just be like Professor X. Yeah. And I felt like that's the route they were taking, but then they reveal more powers. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, where is this thing going to go Yeah, and the scene in episode three when they're in the memory yeah. and then he teleports them to the other room mm-hmm. and that's when their revelation is like, you don't, because they'd already been like, oh, you have telekinesis, which is still like in the right. telepathic area. he has like the area. three T's, basically. Uh, <laughs> like, he can teleport telekinesis and yeah. t- uh, telepathy. But then on top of that, he was able to do the thing like make the walls inside the building, and uh, uh, he, I think him being able to see the future has been shown now, where he has a little bit of precog abilities. Um, so it's they're, they're revealing a little bit at a time. So basically he has all of them. He can't fly. He still has to take a bus like everyone else. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, one of the cooler things about it is like it, it still leaves a lot. It's not just going to be obviously a story about his powers. You're going to learn more about the other characters. I'm fascinated though by what when he says he can hear the stars. Mm. Like I'm really interested in what that means and like if, is he pulling some other creature from I, outer I, I, space? I forget. Like, did you did you say you'd seen episode four yet? I have not. Okay, I have not. Just curious. No, that's all. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm. A, oh, I'm excited now. I kind of want to leave the show and go watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> should we take a break? Um, no, it's. I, I, I spoke on it about in, in like the little monologue, but uh, uh, I love that we've kind of gone through some of the basic parts of you know the superhero characters and that kind of thing. We've gotten our Wolverines out of the way, and we've gotten our Iron Man. And now we can do things like, let's do a movie about Deadpool and just be fucking weird about it and really like get to have some fun with it. Same with Legion. They're now getting to pull from some more obscure titles and get to get into, I think, interesting characters that people don't know about so they don't know what to expect. Like people had heard of Wolverine a little bit and so doing a Wolverine, they know what to expect, but no one's ever heard of David and yeah. the name Legion from mm-hmm. X-Men, and so they, they can do things about the repercussions of the audience already knowing what's going to happen. Well, I mean, they, I felt like they kind of already did that in a big way with Guardians of the Galaxy. There you go. That was already, like, I had no idea what the fuck Guardians of the Galaxy was, and it looked so stupid to me, but I watched it. It was great. Yeah. Um, Guardians, I think, is a great example of another person's voice getting to take uh, a stab at Marvel's very crafted world. Like, Marvel is very picky with how their world's being done. And I think James Gunn, director of Guardians of the Galaxy, got to get a little more fun with it, which is why I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the best Marvel film still. Mm, yeah, I'd probably yeah, agree with I that. I would agree with mm-hmm. that. And it's, and it's really interesting because um, you kind of come into uh, you know, a lot of the X-Men movies with preconceived notions. That character development's already there, and so it kind of gets boring. Because mm-hmm. you, you, know, you know that Wolverine is going through a lot of pain, and he has these crazy memories and stuff like that. Like The character development basically is the first three episodes. You're just learn. It's literally just David, 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 and mm-hmm. Legion, which I love. And now I like really care about him, and I can't wait to see where this goes. Dan Stevens, who's the lead in Legion, is this kind of I think I think he's gonna a few years down the line gonna be the you know up there in the world of Brad Pitt's and and Tom wow, Cruise and that kind of thing. That's some uh, high praise. I, I think. I mean, he is really good. Um, he was in Downton Abbey, and he was people loved him in that. He was the, the Matthew in Downton Abbey, and and those who watched that show. Uh, loved it. God, um, God, that show. Maggie Smith's in oh it. I watched God. it. Okay, it's just so British. So boring and it's British. So British. And I love it. It's so yeah. That's it's. I don't give a fuck about anybody in that house. Why <laughs> should I? I love it. What is that show about? Can somebody? I'm. I'm sure I'm pissing off a lot of people. That Everybody show is loves called show. Rich British People Problems. Oh, Jesus. Totally um, relatable. Yeah, exactly. We all we all go through that all the time. Um, but he was great in that, and then he he basically left and he got killed off to go do movies. He's one of those guys who's like, I'm gonna go do movies. And he's done a few, um, and I think the only one that I really saw was The Guest, 
um, which he plays like this ex-military guy and he gets all beefy and, and sexy and there's a scene where he comes out with his shirt off out of the shower and it's fantastic. Um, but he's just a great character in that. And then when they announced that he was going to be in Legion, I was excited. Aubrey Plaza's in Legion. She's who, great. Who She's also awesome. is this random career of a person where, you know, everyone kind of learned about her in Parks and Rec, but then she just pops up in random stuff like Scott Pilgrim and... And things like Legion. She's I think really, she's good. Really I think good. I don't think I've ever seen her in anything, and I thought like, oh, she's she wasn't good. Or yeah, she's, yeah. she's always she's, she's always solid. She's, yeah. she's always really good. Plays a great crazy girl in Legion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm loving the new. Uh, I guess her name is uh, is it Rachel Kellner, the the actress that plays Sid. She's so good. I'm like in love with her. <laughs> she's oh, I love you so much. If you're watching this, she's Rachel, not. I love you. You're amazing. I love her so much, and I want to know more about her story too. And I really want them to get together. I don't be too vulgar about it, but I get really interested in like, I love it when people do it. Like I visibly like I cheer. Like when Jon Snow hooked up with uh, Ingrid, spoiler, in Game of Thrones, I was like clapping. Ingrid, I was uh, Ingrid. Sorry, Ingrid. what am I saying? Ingrid. You're e- saying Ingrid. Ingrid. It's Ingrid. I don't care. They did it, Gus. Like that was so exciting. I root. I root for people to like. I love. I'm a lover. I thought it was a really cool way that they showed the connection between uh, David and Sid. Like they couldn't hold hands, so they would like each hold like that piece of cloth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was very walking sweet. Around that it was way. very sweet. Um, yeah, the the show is so tonally shifty, but in a way that that. I don't know. It doesn't make you get confused throughout the show. You just you kind of keep rolling with it. Like, oh, I get confused. I get confused as fuck all the time. But do you enjoy the confusion? Yeah, that's good. That's yes. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, intriguing confusion. Right. Not like I'm upset. This is confusing. I don't know where I'm at, and I don't like this. It's more like, ooh, they've shifted again. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. why are they doing a Bollywood dance in the middle of an episode? Oh yeah, that, that was, was <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> for anybody watching it, I really think you should just enjoy the ride. Like, don't try and figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's way better if you do it that way. Like, I'm just loving it. I have no fucking clue what's going on, and it's awesome. Um, I did, uh, Scott, who writes our, a lot of our stuff for the show, he did text me. He was, he's trying to figure out who the fat guy in Ty's mm. head is. And I don't know how much more they revealed in episode four, but he made uh, a, a guess that he was a character from the comic Mojo. And I'm saying, no, it's not Mojo. They're, they're not a storyline that crosses. But um, I like that. There's already that mystery of who is this, what is this guy. Um, do you have theories on that, Tyler? I, I do. Like I, again, I'm fascinated with the stars conversation. It's only appeared twice, but like I think twice or two or three. Yeah, maybe a third time. But like, what what does he mean when he's he said I can ta- I can talk to the stars? Like I'm hearing voices from the stars. Yeah. I wonder if there's a larger universe and some evil stuff out there that was able to come in to David's universe. Like, that's what I'm wondering what I love this. I like talking to people who know nothing about comics, making guesses about the comics. It's I just, fantastic. I to, no, yeah. it's fun. I just, I, I have no Because I don't get to interpret it that way. I get, no. I, it's like when you go see a Harry Potter movie and you've read it. There's no mystery interpretation of stuff. You kind of know what's going into it. I, and so with X-Men, I pretty much know whenever I, they hint at anybody, I can tell you the backstory of that person from start to finish. But I'd love to hear like a fresh perspective on it. And I wish, I wish sometimes you could turn off that part of your brain when you're watching adaptations. Because um, there is enjoyment in, I think, seeing something you've read being brought to life. But then there's also fun in just going in blind. Yeah, like I think about that sometimes when I watch, you know, like you said, adaptations, if it's a story I already know, or even if I think about going back and rewatching a movie or a series I've already seen, like, I wish I could delete that bit of knowledge from my head, mm-hmm. or I wish I could turn it off and experience this again for the first time, or come into this without any baggage or uh, watching it. Do you, want, or do you read Stephen King? Uh, I, I read some when I was in high school. See, I, f- I feel bad for people that are, like, religious fans of his, mm-hmm. because he's made 
pretty much every movie you've ever seen. Like mm -hmm. he's, I think he's made like 58. Mm -hmm. 58 of his novels have been made into adaptations for the silver screen, Who which is, is insane. Not always like very literally though. Like, no, and uh, yeah, and he mixes it up a lot. Like one of his most uh, like, infamous ones was The Shining. Kubrick took that a completely different direction from what that book was. Yeah. And Stephen King hated it. I was also thinking of like The Running Man. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a complete. Stephen diversion. King wrote The Running Man. Yes, the Schwarzenegger film. Totally different yes. though. <laughs> Not he, at all the same. He's written Shawshank, <laughs> Green Mile, Pet Cemetery, uh, what else? Uh, the Mist, Stand by Me. Like, yeah, I, I know mean, those. He's literally made every movie. Running Man. Running Man. Yeah. What a great Schwarzenegger film. It was. I love Arnold. The aesthetic of that film could not have screamed more. 80s, I guess, yeah. is what it is. Uh, and, and, I, if you ever played the video game Smash TV, I always felt like Smash TV was just like a direct ripoff of like Running Man. Yeah, very much so. Um, what, what is your, what are y'all's favorite adaptations? Like like book that was adaptation. Made. Yeah, adaptation. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> it's a great film, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's actually. Not I actually didn't like it. I'm not, oh, I, again, like that's, I, 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 that was I, Cage's best film he's ever done. So good, He's so good. Awesome. That wasn't Nicolas Cage's best film. I, I think it, National it, no, Treasure. No, no, I think his best performance was mm -hmm. adaptation. Hands, hands down. down. Hands down. Thank you. Yeah. No, Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will say is a film I enjoyed. Actually, I'm, I like Sorcerer's Apprentice. I'm loving these. Judge memes. me. Just judge me. There's memes online of him, like the like zoom into my forehead type thing with Cage, like with the mm -hmm. little text, and it's all about finding the declaration. <laughs> it's, it's turned into a cult, oh, and I man. love it. National Treasure is actually a good movie, I yeah. think. But it's seriously, actually. all right, so what, what are your favorite adaptations? Favorite adaptation. I actually really enjoyed Watchmen. Yeah, I, um, I did too. I know, I'm, I, I know we're in the minority I, in I, I liked Watchmen. Um, there were, I had some issues with it, mm -hmm. but I like what they did with the ending. Yeah. And I, I felt like they, they definitely cleaned that up. Oh yeah, Watchmen is uh, that's that's such a good point. Watchmen is one of those m movies that uh, changed the ending of the original source drastically, mm -hmm. and therefore upgraded it so much more enjoyable for the movie audience by doing so. Mm -hmm. um, and often, if you do that, you can really upset the fan base of the source material. Um, but I think sometimes you—that's part of adaptation, and I think that's part of where Legion takes a good, uh, you know, bit from—is that if you mess with the source material to make it work for TV or film and it works, then you're doing your job. You're adapting it correctly. V for Vendetta is another great example that V for Vendetta is a comic book. And in the comic book, the V character, Hugo Weaving's character in the movie, is a psychopath and not really charming, charismatic. He's really like, he's a terrorist is what he is. Like, and not in the lovable terrorist way that he is in V for Vendetta. And they made him much more charming and and like a magnetic personality and had much more interesting monologues and that kind of thing. Kind of similar to uh, Hammond in Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. You read Jurassic Park or Lost World the books and then you go, actually I read them after Southern Moon and I was like, these are different stories. I did the same thing. You and I had the exact same experience. Lost so, so World who is, is Hammond? That shit different. So who is Hammond? Hammond is the grandfather. No, I know, but like, how oh, is he's, he different? Um, he's very he's much evil. Like, evil. He's bad. And, uh, like, they made him very Santa grandpa. Yeah, they, they're very yeah. much about the bottom line and profits. And, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Which he's fits, not likable. fits engine. Like, yeah, so it would make sense that he. Mm -hmm. Spando, so that's, I know, uh, Spoiler for the book. He dies in the book, right? He gets yeah, eaten he, by the, the little dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. yeah. Oh, um, which the little girl, spoiler, gets eaten uh, in, in, Lost World. in Lost World. Yeah, the movie Lost World and the book Lost World are probably share about maybe 20% of material 
and the rest is just like uh, Lost World, the movie pulls a little bit from Jurassic Park and so on and so forth. Like the people who made the screenplays for Jurassic Park 1 and 2 really just Frankenstein the whole thing. I liked Lost World up until when Jeff Goldblum's daughter does the gymnastics. Worst part of the film. To kill a fucking velociraptor. Could they, re- and that's Spielberg, baby. You really couldn't come up with a better solution to like it really, how it really is like a pause in the movie. You're like, what? Because the they're in this, fuck, they're in that, they're in that building, and the raptors are are really creating some tension by like attacking <laughs> she, them and that kind of thing. And she like but, feels it. She walks around. She's like dead eye, and she's got it. She's it was them like, trying gonna, to do that uh, that Linux moment. Yeah, from the I, first this, one. This Unix system, I noticed. Unix. So you have. I, I, I like moments like that because it's like the universal like what the fuck am I watching moment. Like in Spider Man Three, the dance sequence. Oh, it's like at the, the same cafe. Thing. Yeah, where you're the like, emo. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. The pie, is so, the pie is so good. And then, like, the dancing, you're like, what the fuck is this? It's that moment where you're watching the movie and you just have to look and see if everyone else is watching what you're right. watching, too. You get that uncomfortable, like, yeah. like anxious pin needles. Like, is yeah. this happening? This is happening. We're but all experiencing is, is, this? Does everyone else hate it, right? Oh, is man. anybody enjoying it? That's when adaptation goes wrong. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. What about you, Gus? Like, what do you um, like? I don't know. Um, I really don't think a lot about adaptations. Like I always, in my mind, I always keep them very separate. Like it's very, they're very distinct works. Um, I know lots of times you draw from it. I'm more of a fan of rebooting or reimagining stuff. Like I don't like just taking a script or taking a source material and then making it, you know, page for page on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it when someone's willing to like take it. You know, like you're talking, like we're kind of talking about with Legion here. It's like, okay, you know, this is kind of the framework we have, but let's just totally fuck with everything and uh, try to tell a different of what, story, like, tell a better does. story. Yes, like Snyder with 300 Watchmen. I mean, Watchmen less, but 300 is like almost literal pulled from the page. Watchmen, really. Watchmen is as literal pulled as you can get. Except for, for that. the ending. Question. Except for the end. Spoiler right here. Spoiler question. Does Rorschach not die in the end? He does. Oh, yeah. he does. Yeah. So what is, what's different with the Oh, end? that's one of my favorite. I, people, I people, love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes in the have movie. Right, have, have the right to criticize some of the stuff that Snyder does, but I think Snyder does create great moments. He may not create entire great films that are one big piece, but he creates great moments. And Rorschach's death in Watchmen. So good. So awesome. Such just one of the best deaths in movie history. Like, that that actor, I can't remember who's, who's normally... That's, uh, no, that's uh, Kelly from uh, Bad News Bears. He's normally a character actor. Yeah. And he he's from San Antonio? He's, um, yeah, he's really good. His scream of, like, do it when he's, like, screaming at oh, Dr. Manhattan. so oh. good. So good. Uh, I, 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 so it's been a while since I've read the comic, but and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the ending in the original material is that it's intergalactic aliens from another dimension have been controlling uh, everything the whole time. It's like a squid what? monster that attacks the that New attacks York the city. and everything. It sounds like Iron Man. It gets like <laughs> it gets like very tentacly and um, even reading it, you're like, hmm. Yeah. This is not what I expected. The end of Watchmen and all of like the themes that it's it was just like, introducing. Totally, like you're, you're like, this is awesome. This is awesome. It's really cool. Whoa. You're like, yeah. You just yeah. totally go off. Making to, the to end of direction. Watchmen, the movie, be about uh, Ozymandias uniting everybody around one common enemy. And the fact that Dr. Manhattan understood that and, you know, was like, does a huge wrong make a right? That was such a good poetic ending to the film, but... <laughs> it, makes me, it makes me think about when you talk about, like, major left turns. Like, uh, when I was a kid, like, I never saw the trailers for From Dust Till Dawn. Mm. Had no reference mm-hmm. for what that movie was. And so when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a heist movie. 
and then you're like, vampire? <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? You're like, did not see that coming whatsoever. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. But like, that was definitely like, if you have no context going into something like that, that is pretty funny to be like, Am I going crazy? This is not an adaptation, but this is another movie that I just have to plug because of what you're talking about, left turns in movies, and I won't give away too much about the movie, but I recently watched a movie called Spring, and it was one of Alamo, it was one of uh, Draft House's productions, the movie that they actually produce and and distribute. Mm -hmm. Um, Movie starts off about 40 minutes in as a sad drama that turns into a romance, and then about 40 minutes in, you realize it's a monster romance. Mm. And it is fantastic. So my favorite one of those uh, left turns, th- th- left turn, is Drive, because I kind of I went into Drive the same way. Like when I was watching, I was like, "All right, it's just like about this guy who." What was the left turn that got like you? A, he's like a love story, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he curb stomps the guy in the oh. elevator and goes on a murder spree. You're like, holy shit! <laughs> this movie is like super violent yeah. now, like, and it's just like murder porn for the last half. <laughs> yeah. That is literally someone just finger on the dial the entire film for the the violence, and then at that one we just goes. Yeah. Just shoves it up and keeps it over the rest is, of the film. That is hands down one of my favorite movies. I, I love that movie. I think I told you before, it makes me want to have afternoon sex in LA with a hooker. And then go out and do something devious at night. It is That's so, a very specific sex. It you, is so you, fucking good. You do it. You can do it, man. I could you're do an it. adult. You've got a, you've got a credit soundtrack. card. Do we have the budget <sighs> to send Tyler to LA to have afternoon sex? Would you guys pay we don't for have the budget. Uh, Tyler's hooker? co-eds? <laughs> What if we a, film it? What if we film it? It doesn't have to be a good hooker. Tyler, Patrick said if we film it, we can do it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, RT Life. To swing it back to, to adaptation and, and Legion and everything, I, I do want to discuss how Legion uh, fares up to the rest of X-Men films thus far, because it is part of that. Oh, can I make a, can I make a, a guilty confession now that we're talking about this kind of universe? Yeah. I didn't think Apocalypse was terrible. Gus, well, I didn't okay, even, okay, okay, okay. I didn't I, see know, that I'm not going to judge. Why? Why was it not terrible? I mean, it was like, all right, it was definitely the weakest of the films, but it, it wasn't like I'm going to walk out of the theater and yeah. I'm just going to stop watching. It's like, all right, it's like I can. It's like junk food. Okay. It's like, all right, this is. I mean, it's interesting looking. It's all right. I will totally admit that I would say a huge part of my uh, <laughs> resentment to bad X-Men films is comes from X-Men being my favorite fantasy fictional series ever of all time. And so when they started making the films, that was like, that was a dream come true. X-Men was my shit since I was like seven years old. And so the first X-Men film, lost my shit. Second one was just fantastic. And then after that, the, like, the questionable choices they've made since then have just been like stabs to my childhood some of those, heart. Some of those Wolverine movies, man. You Fuck. mean all the Wolverine movies? God, yeah, all of them. <laughs> um, which, is the one, so, which is the one where he goes to Japan? Japan? The Wolverine. The Wolverine. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's you mean a, the, the Wolverine movie where he doesn't have his powers the whole film? Yes. Because that always works out. Yes. X- Iron Man 2. Let's just not have him in the suit for the majority of the film. All right. Was, it, was that 2 or was that 3? That was 2. That was 2, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the question um, I have for you, like, because this is where I can't get into a movie like Apocalypse. I didn't see it. I didn't need to see it because the trailer gave it away. Let me ask you a question. Did they all die in the end? No. Nope. Never fucking. Uh, is that the same ending as every X Men movie? Nobody fucking dies. Uh, X Men First Class, Darwin died. No, yeah, oh, oh yeah, Darwin. The the the, the X Men that's mutant powers to survive anything died. <laughs> oh right, right, right. Because right. that makes sense. That's why I couldn't get into. It. I'm like, oh, they're gonna, there's gonna be some way they save the day, and I don't give a fuck. You can say that about any superhero movie. Any uh, superhero so, movie, a superhero wins. Have it died Sometimes. in uh, beginning of Apocalypse. So one ki- one X Men did die. <laughs> one X Men died. I'm gonna go see. I'm sure, it. Havoc, I'm sure Havoc was your favorite. About the apocalypse. <laughs> 
And the end of all things, one guy died. One at guy the There's a movie about a character named Apocalypse. Yeah. Not a movie about the apocalypse. Well, he's called the apocalypse. I'm just saying, there's a difference there. But he is trying to end the world. He at is the end. trying. Does to he end, end the world? No. No, nope, but, the, but Magneto almost ends the world, and then everyone forgives him again. <laughs> he's just a bad boy you want to love. Again. You change him. Just again. Uh, um, yeah, I. It's. This is what I. I that's what probably why I love. I love Legion so much is that X Men has made such questionable choices in the last. Let's say three films. Future Past was good and bad, mm-hmm. um, and same with First Class for me. But Legion is one of my. It's a good title from the comics, and they're just doing a great job of just going. You know what? We're gonna fuck around with it and still make nods to the X Men world, but this is gonna be our own thing. Um, yeah, and I want to do a shout out to because, like, I was kind of telling you, I wasn't high on watching the show, and it's not like I'm a big like. Uh, I'm not like anti comic books or like any of that universe. I love that stuff. But that's, that's not me. I have no context going into this. So I would say for people who don't know anything about it, or, like, or as deep into X-Men as you, it's really enjoyable. Yeah, like, you, there's no you, need for you, like, any nothing. external no, knowledge. You, or, yeah. Yeah. you can just jump into this and just love it right away. Like mm-hmm. You don't need to know anything. And in comparing it to other superhero TV shows, I, you know, I love the superhero TV shows. Flashes was great, season one, maybe two, um, and stuff like that. But it doesn't rely on spectacle. As far as the powers, it's not a it's not a superpower movie where it's just like every episode has to have a big or any fight scene or, or superpower like big big moment. Um, the even the his abilities and the weirdness is subtle, and the show is about character and story and that kind of thing, which mm-hmm. is where the base should always be, and it's why you know I think you can have you can do this for eight episodes and not just get people bored of seeing you know. Just special effects over and over again. I saw a uh, a talk given by someone who like works at Marvel doing like world building, mm. and he talked about how like that's one of the approaches that they have is talking about the human and superhuman, mm-hmm. like who's who you know who's who's the flawed person under the mask, you mm-hmm. know, because that's a lot more relatable than just like a mask that flies around and can do cool shit. Again, that goes back to Guardians of the Galaxy. You like the flawed hero, and that mm-hmm. was that entire group. Like they weren't just some you yeah. know. I told you before, John. Like, I just can't do Captain America. I hate the goody goody two shoes guy, always gonna do right. And you know, I want that conflicted character. Well, I think they 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 do that uh, at least in war. the in the films on purpose to set up Civil War. Yeah. It's like yeah. then you cre- you, have, you create that divide. Yeah. I'm just saying, like in my rank of superheroes, he's at the fucking bottom. He's down there with Superman. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> yes. It's funny you say that about um about wanting to focus on the human because the writer for Apocalypse, X Men Apocalypse, recently released a statement where he confessed to some of the flaws in Apocalypse, and his confession was about how they got a little bit too enamored with this idea of a world-exploding event at the end, as opposed to focusing on the more... Because yeah. we've never seen that before. Yeah, and that's what he says. Never. He pokes fun at that. He goes, we, we know, we, you can see that... He even says you can see that in every single video game you ever want to play. We, don't need to, we shouldn't have focused on that in the film. It should have been more about the human interaction. Mm-hmm. Deep impact. Which is what I'm hoping Logan is when I go see tonight. I want Logan to be less about snick snick, you know, that kind of thing. I, I want that. But I want to also have a good story. I want good character and They don't all die. I'm, I'm going to be pissed. I like it when everybody dies. Logan this is my favorite thing. I'm a nihilist. We're all going to die. You must hate Disney movies. I hate Disney movies. No, I, I love, die in Disney I movies. love Up. Yeah. Right, man, someone someone I, dies in Up. Man, That's I was right. thinking Spoiler. about a fucked up joke 
about up. I'm not going to say it. Say it. Nope, not going to do it anymore. You'll have to come find me so I can tell you that joke one-on-one. -on -one. So if you buy your ticket to RTX, you can come <laughs> you see come. Everyone who sees Tyler, make sure you ask him for his up yeah, joke. I love up. Just say, hey, what's up, Tyler? <laughs> it's good. Okay, guys, before we get to comments, got a little something to say. There's no reason that any of you should use a cheap, disposable razor. Or on the other hand, pay like a really ridiculous high price for some gimmicky thing that's got like a laser pointer on it so you can target on your face with like 17 rotating blades of ranging accuracy. You just make the better choice and go join Dollar Shave Club like I did. Um, before Dollar Shave Club, it was either save money and get, you know, a questionable red burning shave, um, like you know, from the disposal ones, um, they give away like at the, at the store, um, which felt like kind of shaving with a piece of glass that had been rubbed on a homeless person. Or you pay a fortune at one of those like those hipster stores with like new shave breakthrough and I don't need that because I don't, I just, no one needs that. Um, Dollar Save Club, they're the best of both worlds. And you get a premium shave at a good price, at a disposable price. Um, I just shaved this morning, get, got my neck nice looking clean um, using their, uh, their shave butter. Um, I never used shave butter before Dollar Shave Club. Butter is good. Um, and it's, I love it. It feels so good. And I love their, their razor. And then they have that post-shave lotion that feels so good, good on my skin skin. Um, guys, you can get a close, smooth shave every time. And you can't beat the convenience or the price of the club. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out. And, and you, you can get an amazable, an amazable, you get an amazable and affordable shave at, at an amazable, affordable price. Um, there's no real smarter choice in the market. Right now, we're going to give away a one-month free trial of any of their razors for $1. Because they have like a range of razors. You can get the really nice fancy ones for a dollar with free shipping. After that, it's just a few bucks a month. There's no long-term commitments, no hidden fees, and you can cancel whenever you want. I've, I've gotten to the point where I don't shave as often as, as, um, as I need to get through all the razors, so I kind of have taken breaks on some days, and they're great about it. And then you go back and you get your, your razors again. You can get your $1 trial at dollarshaveclub.com slash enjoy. That is dollarshaveclub.com slash enjoy. Highly recommend their products if you have any hairy spots in your body that should not be hairy for any reason. They can keep that tagline. That was uh, a freebie. That was a freebie. That was a freebie for, for Dollar Shave Club. I'm just marketing for them. Okay, so we did one. Uh, we're gonna do comments. Yeah. You've you've got your comments figured out. I'm pulling up mine. All right, I'll start us off. Wait, we got a timer. I want to pull mine up. I gotta get in a Google Drive. Pull it out. Show it to me. You don't want to see it. Because you can't see it. Nope. It's like a giant What's smaller than a mic? It's like a little needle. Yeah, like yeah. an in inverted penis. Not a vagina, but just yeah. an inverted it's penis. A, it's an innie. It's a Lego man dick. <laughs> it's an innie. It's they a, don't have dicks. It's a smooth. It's just a smooth. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's uh, a Alan Rickman in uh, Dogma. Oh my god, yes. Just it's That's so disturbing to see that. Yeah. Or uh, did you see Never uh, Pop Star Never Stop Stopping? No, no, no. I, when he never talks, stop, never stopping. Never stop, never stopping. Stop, when he talks. I, I mean, I meant to see it. Meant to see it. Right, guys. You know that movie only made like nine million dollars. It made no money. But it was really good. nine million dollars. It was so good. Yeah. yeah, we're ready. So we got we got so timer. It's like Hot Rod. Like you seen Hot Rod? Okay. I haven't, but I hear it's, the same thing. Yeah. Uh, timer's on the clock for comments. I'll let Tyler start as soon as we see the, the clock. There you go, oh. go Tyler. All right, so I talked a lot about David Fincher. Uh, David Fincher, this comes in from a, a syndicated man. 
Uh, David Fincher is a fantastic director, uh, but a majority of his films are based on books, so the twists aren't his ideas originally. I'd agree with you. Yeah, I wasn't trying to make that point so much, but he has twisted a little bit. Fight Club wasn't supposed to end that way. Uh, he changed up uh, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's a different ending than in the book. So he makes subtle changes. I just think he's the best at presenting. Yeah, yes. visual style. Yeah, yes. you, you can't adapt that. He's such a no. poser. Um, I love David Fincher, actually. Yeah, I can't no. even joke about it. I love him. Uh, I like this one. Gaff Garion said, 2016 was actually a pretty good year for horror. Didn't even realize until just now. List off Don't Breathe, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Um, the Conjuring 2 and Morgan, uh, we'll question those, but The Witch, Green Room, Split. Um, I didn't get into horror films until really like this last year, and I gotta agree, there was a lot of good horror films. You're smiling. I love The Goat in The Witch. It's my favorite. Yeah, the Witch. Stole, stole, oh, stole the show for oh, me. It's so good, the so good. Freaky, um, all right, so Thoughts on Identity, the movie that came out in 2003, directed by James Mangold. John there's, Cusack, love it! Yeah, there's more than one twist. Can you, uh, can, and can make you love the film or feel like it's trying too hard? Um, no, I thought that movie was awesome. I think it's I, totally underrated. I don't want to go rewatch it because it's one of those movies that I think if I rewatched it, it's actually bad. No, I think it's good. Um, Aphrodactyl said, I watched Good Will Hunting last night, so I got your joke immediately, Tyler. Well done. Please don't encourage him from oh, these, doing these bad jokes. So no good. one got the joke. It, was, it went it was right so, over his head. So it was fucking bad joke. funny. You got another one? Uh, yes. Quick, 30 uh, seconds. Okay, I'd like to see an episode or at least a topic about different kinds of trailers. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, we might do that. We've talked about yeah, that one. That comes I, in from Nia Laura. Um, let's see. Uh, Psycho Sweetheart said, uh, quote, modern sequels are having a hard time. Um, Captain America, Winter Soldier. I agree. I hate saying in generations like that, generalizations like that. Winter Soldier was fantastic. There are exceptions to the rule. Okay. Uh, do we need the countdown, really? There was a lion I, in second-hand lines. It was defective because it was a female oh, stop, and they wanted stop, to stop, hunt stop, it. Stop, 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 stop. I can't hear myself. <laughs> like, I, I literally no, can't I'm hear done. myself talk. Uh, the countdown's part of the fun. <laughs> I, I didn't. You didn't have any more so, comments. No, I did. I was going to talk about secondhand lines. So whatever. I, don't, I, I actually thought about that after the show. It was like there was one line in secondhand lines. I was going to say, I didn't see a fucking lion in that movie at all. There's no lines in that movie. <laughs> the lion? There's no lion. Lying about lines? I'm lying about lines. Okay. So that's the comments. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. If you guys want us to uh, you know, respond to some of your comments, uh, we'll still be going on to uh, the show page on roosterteeth.com to answer comments. If you want for us to answer comments from this episode, go on this episode, leave a comment, and you might see in the next episode. That made total sense. I got it. I got you. While it's true that we're probably getting too many superhero movies and TV shows these days, uh, we're a ways out from announcing the death of the comic genre. Let's be honest. This thing's got uh, plenty of life left in it, and as long as studios and networks keep taking... The kind of chance they're taking with FX has taken with Legion, it's totally possible that the superhero genre could stick around just as long as, like, the Western, which is basically for fucking ever, because those are still being made. So, uh, I'll raise a glass or a can. Here's to you, FX, Noah Hawley, Dan Stevens, and everyone else who's busting their ass to make Legion a possibility. May your brass balls shine bright, and may your show run for six seasons in a movie. Cheers. Uh, thank you, Gus and Tyler, for coming in and chit-chatting about some fun movie and TV stuff. The pleasure was all yours. Um, thank you for joining us for the episode. We hope to see you next week. Bye. Don't forget to enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show.